0: Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. What if you infused only kindness and positivity into a relationship for 30 days? Shanti Feldhans' groundbreaking research-based books, such as For Women Only, have sold more than 2 million copies and been translated into 23 languages. Now she's out with a new book and a 30-day kindness challenge that can dramatically improve those difficult relationships in your life. Shanti, you have spent years and years and years researching people and what makes people happy and how people can fully <laughs> enjoy their lives. Does it come down to one common denominator? And if so, what is it? Because I want it. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's, it's actually funny when I was um, looking back at all these big studies that I've done and trying to figure out, you know, what makes people thrive in life and relationships. I, I had one of those slap the forehead moments When I realized that the common denominator, it turns out it's all about how you treat other people um, far more than how you yourself are being treated. And it's all about being kind. And and it's so the opposite of what we naturally want to do because we think our lives and our relationships will be better if we're just making sure we're being treated correctly. Right. Um, and we spend a lot of energy on that. And um, and it's not like there's anything necessarily always wrong with that. It's just that it doesn't deliver what we're looking for. And it turns out kindness does.
0: If that's true, then this book, your new book, The Kindness Challenge, could revolutionize the world because you are <laughs> essentially saying to people who are perhaps dealing with difficult people, you don't need to worry about how they're treating you. You need to worry about how you are treating them.
1: Correct. Well, and here's the the problem, honestly, is that all of us kind of agree that, you know, it's really important to be kind. I, I would imagine probably every single person listening to this at some point in the last year or two has said something like, Oh, it's gotten so bad. Yes. The culture is so unkind. Politics yes. is so mean. People are so cruel. Like I'm pretty sure everybody thinks kindness is important, right? But Here's the problem is we don't realize we want to be kind. We think we already are kind and we don't realize we're kind of deluded. (laughs) We are not actually as kind as we think we are.
0: What makes you say that?
1: Well, as I was um, starting this particular research project, because I decided I needed to look into this, I was seeing some signals in some of the research that this was there was going to be a pretty big finding here. Um, for how to help people improve relationships and kind of trying to get a handle on what is it that we're already doing without realizing it maybe that that could be sabotaging our relationships without intending to, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I started to catalog some of the responses that I was getting and I realized every single one of us has um, these sort of unseen patterns of unkindness and negativity that we don't we don't at all recognize when they're happening, but there there tend to be constant things in our day. And there's there's seven patterns of of negativity, seven patterns of unkindness, and we all it turns out everybody has at least one of them, um, and so, some of us have more than one. <laughs> and um and it's really really crucial to try to figure out what yours are so you can overcome it.
0: So you're saying we have blinders on to ourselves, but I would be willing to bet that we could tell each other what the other person has wrong with them. Is that true? What? Believe it or not, not necessarily. Okay.
1: It's the kind of thing that you can sometimes be driven crazy by another person and you can't necessarily tell why. Mm. Right? Do you mind if I give you a very personal kind of embarrassing example. Oh, those
0: are my favorite. <laughs> Please do, yes, Shanti. Right.
1: Well, here's what I realized for me. This is just, you know, for me. I had always thought of myself as a kind person. Um, and in many ways, certainly I am, just like everybody else's. There are things we do that are fine. Um, and what I didn't realize is that one of my main patterns is exasperation. One of the main patterns of unkindness And negativity in that you do in people's life this one was mine I get exasperated with my kids Mm -hmm. every day and they can't explain to me that that's what it feels like it's just you're mad at me no I'm not you know like but I hadn't realized that that's what it is like for example suppose my my sweet you know eighth-grade son you know, he'll work, he'll work with me, you know, work with his dad for a couple of hours on a homework project. And we put a lot of effort into it and then he forgets to turn it in. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm like, buddy, I can't believe it. You worked on this for, we worked on this for two hours. How do you expect to get the good grades that yeah. you want? If you know, my voice is rising and you know, and I have that tone and I don't realize that what I'm saying to him is, you're an idiot. Like, will I ever, ever use those actual words with my, like, sweet 14-year-old son? Of course not. But that's what I'm saying. I just don't quite, like, realize that that's what I'm saying. And he can't tell me what I'm doing wrong. He just says, you're mad at me. Mom's angry. And it's like, It doesn't help. So that's one of the reasons why it is so crucial to figure out what our patterns are so we can work on them.
0: You are speaking to my mama heart because that, you know, (laughs) and and all the mama hearts out there, I think we all have a point of exasperation. What are some of the other seven that we might be able to identify in ourselves?
1: You know, one of the others, um, (laughs) and this one cracks me up, it's not necessarily mine, but it's very common, is sarcasm. Oh, um, I was I was actually speaking with a pastor. I do this thing sometimes at churches on Sunday morning, where a pastor will interview me on stage as kind of the sermon mm-hmm. time. And um, and I said, you know, sarcasm was one of the seven. He was like, "But that's my spiritual gift. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's that's my go-to, you know." And and it, It is for a lot of us, right? It's for a lot of people. And we don't realize that. Here's what we found is the distinction. Is if every single person listening to the joking, because, you know, it's fun to joke around, right? There's nothing wrong with that. If every person listening to the joking, including the target of the sarcasm, knows that there's 100% goodwill there, that you 100% unconditionally care for that person, then it's just joking. It's mm-hmm. just funny. But if that person or anybody else in the room isn't a completely 100% certain of that kind of unconditional care for each other, then the person starts to think, you know, they kind of laugh, ha and then was, was, that, was that true? Like, do they really, yeah. do they really... At, and it starts infecting them like there's this seed of of doubt like they don't and it, it makes it worse like do they now I'm even more questioning whether they care about me and what we found is they start to build a wall and actually quite frankly even if there is 100% goodwill if you do sarcasm en- enough it actually makes you start to doubt that mm-hmm. so it's one of those things like yeah it's fun it's funny sometimes but watch it because it can tip over. Into really being a really, really subtle and really poisonous type of unkindness.
0: And it would make sense then that that person would start treating you differently or different sorts of communication. You think, well, now why? What's up with them? Why are they so mad at me? Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, so, how do we take the blinders off?
1: So, the most important, this is what we found and essentially what we were studying in this particular. Research project was what does it look like? Like, how do you see this in yourself? And how do you overcome it? And and here's what we found that you have to do is It's three things that you do every day to kind of retrain How you think and how you speak and how you act We we ended up calling it the 30-day kindness challenge because it ended up being that 30 days was about the right amount of time Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know, there's plenty of things we could have named it, but that's what we called it. This is a 30-day kindness challenge. And here's here's what you do. Here's what we sort of statistically tested before and after that we found really works is if you pick, you pick one person that you want to have a better relationship with. And it's really actually important that you just pick one person. It's really tempting to try to do this with a lot of people. And we found that that derails it. Like it doesn't work as well hmm. for the taking the blinders off part of it. Later, you can do as many people as you want, um, but that first time, pick somebody, and it's somebody you're, you know, you, you interact with regularly, like you know, a spouse or your kids or your colleague, you know, maybe that drives you nuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and you for thirty days, you do three things every day. You first, you say nothing negative about that
0: person to them Either- or to others,
1: both. Either to them or about them to somebody else and by the way that step of the about them That is one of the key unseen ways that we it turns out we often sabotage how we feel Mm -hmm. about this person Um, Because I mean think about it like if I'm irritated with my colleague say and I kind of express exasperation or whatever it is to him you know, I'm irritated with him. I'm basically telling him, and then I go to the break room and I complain about him. Am I going to be more or less irritated? Mm-hmm. Right? It furthers that frustration. You don't realize it, but that's what it's doing.
0: This is interesting as a wife because I had a girlfriend about 10 years ago. I, I used to love to complain about my husband. He travels all the time. You know, he leaves his socks on the floor. And I would just always have something to say about him because that's what, you know, as girlfriends, you get together and you talk about how your husband's aggravating you. And she said to me, she just looked at me with a very plain face and she said, oh, does he cheat on you? And I said, no. She said, does he flirt with other women? And I said, no. And she said, does he still bring home a paycheck? And I said, yes. And she said, what are you complaining about? (laughs) And it was a hard truth telling. But from that moment on, I realized that I had a job as a wife to love and protect my husband through my own words. And it changed yeah. the way I treated him at home. And I didn't, I would never have imagined that that could have happened. But so I guess I'm just saying that as a antidote to, to absolutely seeing what you are saying about point number one.
1: Yeah, it's it is, it is an unseen, incredibly important piece of this puzzle. Really, to be candid, when you ask, how do you take the blinders off? This number one point alone would do the job of taking the blinders off. Because we just don't realize how often we are unkind and negative every day until we're not allowed to be. Mm-hmm. And then once you do it with with one person, it becomes like this boot camp, where you're oh my goodness, like I didn't even get, you know, an hour into the day. And I was saying something in that tone of voice. Like I did this for my, I did the 30 day kindness challenge for my 16 year old daughter. And I mean, she's a great kid, but she's 16. Like, she can roll her eyes with the best of them, right? (laughs) And my head wants to explode. And I'm like, you know, she's gonna go off to college here fairly soon. Like, I want a really good relationship with her. And so as I did it, I started to realize, like, we were barely through the process of making breakfast in the morning. Before, you know, I'd be like, so did you finish that, you know, homework or, or whatever? And she's like, oh, yeah, but I had to stay up. And I start, you know, and I started to say, you know, I have told you over and over again. You know, you've got to do it. Early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, like how <laughs> often do I say the things like maybe they need to be said. But man, I, I realized I'm saying this stuff multiple times a day and maybe for a while once will do or maybe once every week to retrain Mm -hmm. myself you know because it's it's coming out a lot more than I realize
0: Mm -hmm. okay really interesting wow okay so the first part is you got to watch what you're saying about someone and to someone say nothing negative okay
1: Say nothing negative about that person, either to that person or about that person to somebody else. Nothing negative.
0: What's the second?
1: Second one is um, every day with that person, you find, you look for, and you find at least one thing that you can sincerely praise, right? That you can sincerely affirm about them. And you tell them that and you tell somebody else. Ooh. yeah, so like, okay, like your husband, right? Like you were talking about, you know, frustration about, you know, he leaves his clothes on the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you don't do that anymore with him or your girlfriends, right. right? Right. But you're looking for things to praise. And so you go, you know what? He actually, he came home early yesterday to take the kids to their activities or whatever it is. Yeah. And so you say, thank you so much for doing that. And then you go to your girlfriends the next day and you're like, you know what he did? He came home early and he took the kids to soccer or whatever, and you don't realize it. But what you're doing is you're actually telling yourself that. Like it is an incredibly important part of looking for what is really good and excellent and worthy of praise rather than what's worthy of driving you crazy. (laughs) So it retrains you.
0: And you think about those things and you talk about you, those things.
1: Absolutely. Mm. And and that you start to now suddenly you start to see them everywhere. And I'll give you a quick example of, of this. I had one woman who was um, a part. We had a, a thousand people who were part of the research study on this. And one of the women who was going through the thirty-day kindness challenge, you know, as we were testing the before and the after numbers and seeing how things worked, and she was like, "Oh, you don't know Fred. Like, <laughs> like this is this is gonna be hard." Like, I'm like, "Okay, you know, it's fine." She's like, "I honestly, I don't know how I'm gonna find one thing to praise every day." And I said, "All right, so here's what maybe is an idea." You know, we were kind of just spitballing. This was pretty early on. And I said, do you have like a little notebook or that you can carry with you? Or do you enter notes into your smartphone? Yeah. Okay. So here's what you do. On day like one, if you, as you're looking for things, don't just try to look for one. Like if you see one or two or three, like write it down and you can use it as a bank. (laughs) Like (laughs) two or three, right? She's like, oh, good. You know, that's what I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll write it down. So she started doing this and she said, it was astounding like on day 1 she actually saw you know two things and so she's like okay i'm i'm going to tell him number one i'm going to tell my friend number one and then i'll i'll have a bank for day 2 cuz i know i'm not going to see any well okay now then i'm seeing three things on day 2 so now i have a bank of multiple things that i can use for days 3 4 and 5 and then on day 3 i realized i had eight things
0: ooh you're noticing more and more and more every day exactly.
1: And she said, "I noticed. I realized I was not seeing it because I wasn't looking for
0: it. Mm-hmm. And once
1: you start looking for it, you start seeing it everywhere."
0: Mm, powerful. What's number three? Number three
1: is every day do one small like action of kindness or generosity. So you're you're basically withholding what unkindness in what you say you're doing, you're saying kind things. And number three is you're doing kind things. You're do do one little action of kindness or generosity every day.
0: For that specific person.
1: For that specific person. Again, the first 30 days, just do this with one person. I know it's such a temptation to try to do this everywhere. And we found, you know, it's not like there's anything wrong with that. But This is essentially a boot camp. It's retraining our brains. It's retraining what we think and what we see. And that, it turns out, really, truly happens best. If you do it focused on one person, you start seeing the ick in yourself Mm -hmm. everywhere. You start building up that person. And then you start seeing the reaction as you start saying these things and doing these things. And it's this amazing incentive to continue. And now, suddenly, you're building up a competence with again, this one person as the sort of the training ground. And then you've developed eventually over the course of that 30 days, now it's no longer just building a skill that takes about the first two weeks. The last two weeks is really building a habit Mm. And now it's going to be a habit in all your relationships. You may still have to focus, you know, try to do this as a focus thing with other people. But if you do it with this one first, we found that 89% of relationships improved. 89%, which is huge in social science. Like you don't see those kinds of numbers. Yeah.
0: So I can see that very easily how, how... Within my home, doing an act of kindness toward my spouse, you know, maybe I bus his spot for him. Maybe I put away his laundry or whatever. It's something I wouldn't normally do for him. <laughs> um, but what about in a work environment? I, How do you do a small act of kindness for a coworker that you that really bristle against anyway?
1: Well, I mean, think about some of the things that acts of, what it means with an act of generosity. And we think of an act of generosity or an act of kindness as, Oh, well, I'll do the dishes for my spouse. Like, how do you apply that at work? But it's not just, I'll do the dishes for my spouse. Maybe, for example, it's a, um, you know, his, as an example with the spouse, maybe his mother, is at dinner and going you know bob i know that you know you could work fewer hours if you tried and you stand up for him and say oh you know what mom we're so grateful that he provides that's an act of generosity like you're stepping Mm. in to defend him right Mm -hmm. the same thing works at work like you're at this big challenging meeting and your your colleague is making a presentation and people are pushing back and you think he's made a good point about something Say so like even if you wouldn't normally defend the guy because he's a jerk like if if it's an honest You know defense of the person and you're trying to do the 30-day kindness challenge for him say actually, you know what? I think Joe made a really good point here blah 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 blah. I don't agree with this But this over here, that's a that's something we should look at It's it is some of this is an action that does two things it matters to them Even if it's small because it says you're valuable But it matters to you because, again, you're noticing and telling yourself that they're valuable. What's going to happen is that you're going to find that this, all of this, it changes kind of the environment. You know, obviously it impacts the other person. What it does mostly is it completely changes you. Mm -hmm. The stuff that used to just bug you, it's just not going to bug you as much anymore because it's in a much, much bigger context and you'll also see that a lot of the tension in whether it's your husband and you've been having a difficult time in your marriage or you know with your kids or the colleague a lot of that tension comes because the other person is always feeling defensive Mm -hmm. around you and without being able to under explain why usually and so suddenly they feel much more supported, much more cared for, the defense is lower, and suddenly you see this whole other side of them. It it just dramatically changes the situation in in most cases. Now obviously eighty nine percent is not a hundred percent, right? There's right. there thirty days isn't gonna do it for every relationship. But it was really encouraging
0: that this was a good start. <laughs> The book is called "The Kindness Challenge: Thirty Days to Improve Any Relationship." It's a powerful, dynamic book. It's amazing, and Shanti, I really think that you should um, you should keep this book on the market. But then you should take this exact same book and you should title it "Dealing with Difficult People" <laughs> and, and put it out there too. Because whoever won't doesn't want to, you know, do the kindness thing. Definitely wants to figure out how to deal with difficult deal with people. Difficult people, exactly. <laughs> Shanti, before I let you go, would you mind sharing, uh, if you have one, a very favorite kindness story from your own personal life?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, the to me, one of the most important things that happened that really, honestly spurred the research for this book was really early on, where I was at a women's speaking at a women's event, a women's conference, and you know, I, I do this a lot and I get these heart-wrenching questions from women. And this one woman was like ready to divorce her husband and just miserable. And, you know, he had some real serious issues. Like he was dealing with pornography addiction or something. I mean, it was, there were some big issues. And and she's like, you say I need to appreciate my husband because, you know, we were talking about how that's one of the greatest emotional needs of, of men. But what if I don't? Like, this is a real issue. And I said, try this. And I gave her the beginnings of what we had eventually developed into the research of the 30 day kindness challenge. And, you know, I fly away. I never hear the ends of these stories. Three years later, I was back in the same state doing a completely different event. And another woman asks a question that's kind of similar. And I, you know, we were a little further along in the research. And so I said, you know, try this. And she's like, okay. You know, she sits down. Well, Another woman in the room raised her hand and she stood up, but she didn't have a question. She looked at the first woman and said, if you will do what she just said, you'll find it changes everything. And she looked at me and she said, you won't remember me. Mm-hmm. But three years ago, you came to, you know, this area, a different part of the state. I asked a very similar question. You gave me a similar answer and everything in me wanted to ignore everything you mm-hmm. said. I didn't want my kids to grow up in a broken home either. And so I did it. And she said it changed everything. She started to cry. And of course, I'm starting to cry. Mm -hmm. And she said, I had no idea until I started that, that all our problems weren't just about him. I had no idea of how unkind I had become, how critical, how fault finding how like I did wasn't giving him credit for anything that he was doing that was good and and it you know there were all these really big issues that he was dealing with but he was like all great in being a dad and all these other things like there was credit worth giving and she said I didn't see it and and so I started to reach out in this way and I started to see him reach back and you know his heart was softened, and he started to do certain things, and that made it easier for me to keep going. And and she's like, three years later, we love being married. Mm. And and she said, apparently their church had just even asked them to start being a marriage mentor or something because it was one of those messages like, look, if we can get through this, you can get through yeah. this. And and it what it's so simple, mm-hmm. but it's all because we are so attuned to what the other person is or isn't doing and what isn't fair and what isn't right. And you know how I'm being treated and that's understandable because that's what's hurting us so much. But if we will, it sounds so counterintuitive, but if we will focus on just ourselves for just that 30 days, even if you can't do 30, just do seven, like, Mm -hmm. Once you once you start doing this, you'll start to see just how much you are contributing as well and how much good there is in the other person, even if you can't even see it right now. And honestly, that one process is what breaks things loose. Again, it's not a it's not a hundred percent, but in the majority of cases, it just makes such a difference. And and that to me is what keeps me going every day because I really am passionate about people seeing, about seeing people thrive and having seen that holding out for how they're treated ain't doing it. That won't do it, but this will, you know? Yeah.
0: Chanti, you are breathing hope and encouragement into people's lives with this book and, and with your research. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing.
1: Oh, thanks. It's it's a pleasure to be able to share it with you guys.
0: That was a conversation with Shanti Feldhahn. Learn more about infusing difficult relationships with kindness at jointhekindnesschallenge.com. Thanks for listening to the Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to the Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the NPR One app. And find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section.